Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gigillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. So here's my uh, question for you now. Did oh. you ever want to be a veterinarian? No. <laughs> I love this. It's, it's kind of no. like the teacher question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there are things I knew I definitely couldn't do. Being a doctor of any sorts with any type of <laughs> knives, blood, uh, mm. any of that was definitely a no. I did think that for one second that I may be able to be in the medical field because I wanted to help people and I didn't know how else you could help mm-hmm. uh, before I realized social work existed and uh, I would have been really bad at it. <laughs> you, did you want to be a vet? I know that's like no. a, usually a, a kid dream. No, I, I think I believed that I should want to be a vet. Uh, similar to teachers... Um, but I have, as you know, Samantha, a really bad track record with pets. Um, <laughs> through, I will say, no fault of Ooh. my own, but I think that was one record. of the shocking revelations at the beginning of our friendship of like, I don't know if I want you around my dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our mutual friend Caroline used to introduce me to people as the pet killer, um, which was a very interesting... I don't think so. I thought that was me. No, she definitely well, she, she did it at least once because I okay. I came it was and then I took midway. up the rings after that. Yes, I came and sat at Midway, and it, there were a bunch of people there I never met. And she was like, "This is the the horse killer Annie," and I was like, "Oh my god! All right, <laughs> well, let me explain." <laughs> it always came to this bigger story, but we're like, "Wait, what? What has happened in your record?" Okay, you stay away from birds and my dog. 
great. Yes, yes. I have gotten much better. Again, none of this was my fault. I'm making, I'm, I'm really making myself sound like a psychopath <laughs> right now. Um, um, but I did, I really wanted to be in the medical field as well. And I actually went, I did uh, four years of um, health occupation training and I worked at a retirement home. I wanted to be a surgeon and I shadowed a surgeon for a day, but he jokingly told me I couldn't be one because I shook too much. And I really took it to heart and was like, oh, I can't be one. Um, I have really shaky hands. He was like, no, you can't, can't do it. So, uh, no, no. But uh, we did hear, today we're talking about animal care and gender differences in animal care. And this was a suggestion from listener Lizzie. So thank you so much, Lizzie. Um, and we wanted to read her letter at the top here. She wrote, I have worked in the animal care industry for almost 10 years in a variety of roles. I volunteered at vet clinics, volunteered at aquariums, volunteered at a bird rehab facility, worked as an animal caretaker for rodents in the research industry, and transitioned from a hobbyist to professional aquarist in the last couple of years. It is an understatement to say that I love animals. I have noticed anecdotally, there seems to be a prominent gender trend in the animal caretaking industry. Many more women than men apply and graduate from vet school. If you've ever been to a vet clinic, the majority of the staff, vet techs, vets, receptionists, etc., are women. I also noticed that there tend to be more women on staff at research vivariums caring for rodents. Aviculturists tend to be women. However, this trend reverses when cold-blooded animals are involved. Hobby aquarists are mostly men, and professional aquarists are split about 50-50. Reptile caretakers also tend to be men. Unfortunately, this field is definitely a labor of love. The pay is abysmal, hours can be long, and you are expected to work weekends and holidays. Working in the zoo aquarium industry requires years of volunteer experience before entering paid work, so it attracts people from wealthier, white backgrounds. Veterinarians undergo the same amount of education as doctors, but they still earn much less money. I have met vets who are in their 50s who are still paying off student loans. Sadly, too, the rate of mental illness and suicide is also high in the vet medicine industry. Because this field is dominated by women, it makes me wonder if the gender wage gap is applicable here. An episode focusing on the low pay and gender trends around working with different types of animals would be fascinating. Remember all the stuff I wrote above are my observations from working in the field. I do not know the hard facts and numbers. I am passionate about this field and it is so much more than cleaning up poop. Animal husbandry is a science and is evolving all the time. Mm-hmm. So yes, yes. Thank you, Lizzie, for all those observations and anecdotes and yeah, we were immediately fascinated. Uh, hey. I wanted to know the truth. I have a friend who is a vet, and she has talked about the uh, variations and gender in this field as well. And I actually got into a huge, huge argument with one of her old school buddies that we ran into, weirdly enough, about the fact that sexism exists in veterinary medicine and the mere fact that he felt and I will never forget this, that it was reasonable to not hire women because women become pregnant and cannot serve as veterinarians and usually will leave, and therefore they are not worth the time to invest in. So, yeah, this object is pretty big. And the fact that this dude who called himself a progressive and was a friend of this female vet friend that I had and was able to say that with a straight face still astounds me. Yeah, it's been a minute. But yeah, this is definitely a big conversation and I'm really glad. Lizzie, thank you for bringing it up because I think your observations are correct. Yes. So let's talk about 
what exactly? So historically, men have made up a majority, up to 99% in the 1930s of the veterinary profession. The first woman in the UK to receive the Royal College of Veterinary Surgeon status in 1922 was Aileen Cust. Though she'd been practicing for 22 years, she hadn't been recognized. It wasn't until the Sex Disqualification Act of 1919 and the fact that she allegedly treated horses on the front during World War I that the RCVS had no choice but to grant her entry. That is just one of many stories like this, and I'm very angry about that. Yes, and and as always... um... You can find, if you go digging, a lot of these stories are really fascinating, but it's always the caveat with first. Who is recording the history? People probably were doing it earlier. And who is acknowledging who? Exactly. Just put that in there. Mm. Uh, So these numbers started shifting beginning in the 1980s. This means that a lot of career veterinarians are male and depending on the source, up to 78% white, while new entries to the field are female, which influences who gets hired and how we believe a veterinarian should look. It also adds a layer of ageism to the whole thing. This, too, is changing uh, slowly. In the UK, for instance, women make up 75% of the students in veterinary schools. The same is true for the US and Australia and many westernized countries. The percentage of practicing vets is usually lower, closer to 40 to 60% women. This is considered one of the most significant gender shifts in any profession ever. Ever. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. From 1985 to 1999, the percentage of male students in veterinary programs dropped by half in Canada. Oh, gosh. So there are several theories as to why this is, and all of them are different podcasts and different episodes. Several studies have found that women in general have more positive attitudes towards animals, and they're more likely to volunteer in animal care organizations to be vegetarians or vegans and less likely to abuse animals. Hmm. And most humane societies were started by women, but leadership positions were later usurped by men. Not surprising. Some researchers think the perceived nurturing aspect has led to the feminization of this career path, and some think even calling it feminization and calling it that works to uphold the patriarchy. Thank. Yeah. Yep. A lot of conversation around that. Uh, other theories put forth that the the feminization of the field include things like um, maybe happened because of the elimination of gender-based discrimination for admission, progress when it comes to chemical restraint for large animals, and more female role models, particularly in physically challenging positions. On the flip side, looking at why the rate of men has dropped, some suggest stagnant or low incomes, loss of autonomy with the rise of corporate practices, and the perceived loss of prestige of the occupation as more women enter it. Another survey found that men reported loss of independence and lower financial projects for turning them away from, from this field, while women reported a love of animals, an interest in disease medicine, a desire to work with animals since a child, and the way vets were portrayed in the media as reasons for drawing them to the field. So a lot a lot of things going on here and and you know uh, most things we talk about on these social issues are very complex and you can't just point to one thing but it is a number of things happening at once. But okay, we do have some more of those things to talk about. But first we're going to pause for a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Can 
Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There is still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI, and Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. So, though women consistently make up more of the veterinary profession, they're more likely to be associates instead of co-owners of practices or medical directors. They're less likely to be represented in areas like farm animal practice, orthopedic surgery, and higher positions of education. One survey found that both men and women expressed a desire to one day own their own practice at high rates. That desire dropped over the years far more drastically among women than men. Multiple women in the field have also described encountering blatant sexism, such as customers refusing for their pet to be treated by a woman or assuming if there is a man in the mix that he is the, the authority there. Um, they also reported being frequently demeaned and seen as less competent and credible than male colleagues. Employers often assumed that women would one day get pregnant, just like uh, your friend's friend, mm -hmm. said Samantha. So they wouldn't hire women for more well-paid positions. Again, thinking, well, why put in the money if you're just going to go away one day? Uh, because of this, many female veterinarians report feeling the need to constantly prove themselves, and that in turn leads to burnout 
feelings of being set up for failure and all around stress, imposter syndrome, and doubt. And like Lizzie said, we've talked about before in a lot of these fields for women where there is all of those stressors that can lead to to mental illness and suicidality. Um, yeah, and and that all of this can be especially detrimental and almost a self-fulfilling prophecy for recent grads. Many women are also told stories of being held back or even intimidated away from pursuing higher-up positions due to harassment or unwanted advances. And this recently came up in regards to Representative Mm. Ted Yoho Mm. uh, demeaning Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, calling her crazy and a f***ing bitch, among other sexist, misogynist things. Uh, Dr. Yoho is a veterinarian. And uh, on top of that, he filed a brief with the Supreme Court to assert that employers should be able to fire LGBTQ plus individuals. And because of this, there's at least one petition to the American Veterinarian Medical Association to have him removed. But it's okay. He has daughters. It's fine. (laughs) Right. Right? That makes it for everything. He's not Mm -hmm. sexist at all. Yeah. Don't get me started. (laughs) Let's talk uh, about the gender wage gap. A 2013 report on veterinary compensation found that men make more than women in this field, surprise, uh, by the average range of $24,000 to $34,000. This held true even given the same level of experience. And that number can be much, much higher, though. A handful of explanations have been theorized for why this is. And they're all things we're familiar with in this conversation, whether it's negotiation tactics, the specific specializations women choose to go into, devaluing of women's work, different approaches and responsibility of family, and things like that. And some have even suggested that if the field becomes feminized, pay will drop across the board, which is absurd. (laughs) Yes, it absolutely is absurd. Um, One stat we found interesting, about 36% of women believed that they were paid less than similarly qualified men, whereas only 9% of men believed the same thing. The same study found that 40% of women believed gender impacted their interactions with customers compared to only 18% of men. Which is funny because I've been, I was thinking as we're sitting here, the entirety of the time that I had my previous dog, Benny, and Mm -hmm. then now my dog, Peaches, I think I had one male veterinarian, and that was an emergency vet compared to the four female vets that I have seen yeah. since then. Yeah, I feel like I only had female veterinarians, um, like a whole staff right? Um, in my small town. And I've, I've always associated it with women. Um, I'm not surprised about any of this at all. But as a kid, I think because of that nurturing thing and because a lot of my female friends did want to become a veterinarian because they liked animals, I did see it as a gender, like female gendered profession. Right. Which is hilarious because they're medical professionals. And yes, why are they taken as such a lesser degree of seriousness? Yes. Uh, Which is a good segue into the next point. Being a vet is not easy. It takes rigorous education. It's hazardous. It can be. Uh, It can be messy, bloody, gross, even dangerous. Um, Yet there seems to be a disconnect there in terms of women loving animals and animals being cute and this traditionally less feminine side of it. Uh, Like all of that hard work and experience being dismissed when it comes to women that they only got into it 
for the cute aspects, but forgetting that it's a difficult job and it did take a lot of training. Uh, so why are we just dismissing it if a woman does it, if a man does it? Then, yeah, prestige. Um, <sighs> yeah, yeah. Why? Just why? Just why? <laughs> we do have a little bit more why, I guess. But first, we have one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There is still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI. And Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in, for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor. Gene, we'll boot it. Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Gene, and Vlastor on the business. I understand now. He's a wise man, Marie's a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Jean. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Jean, run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. 
Yeah, and as Lizzie pointed out, specific specializations of the animal care fields are also gendered, and large animal care is one. A 2001 survey out of the U.S. found only 4% of female vet grads focused on large animals compared to the 13% of men, and compared to 56% of female grads focusing on companion animal, exclusive, or predominant. Um, And that number for men was 40%. For something more specific but telling, 93% of farm operators in South Dakota are male, which I do remember at UGA, we had a pretty big vet program. And I remember in the large vet program, it was mainly men. And the two women that were part of there would talk about their experiences being really problematic. Yeah. And we had that one cow, which they had... (laughs) I think I've heard of this cow. The, The cow that you can see its stomach and you can actually put your hands in his stomach. Oh. In its stomach, and it's still okay. alive, but like it's. I just remember that story. I don't. I don't know much about it. So I really shouldn't be talking too much. But I do remember them talking about that kind of exploratory level of seeing the functions and how to treat cattle, which in Georgia is a pretty big deal. Yes, yes, and I was a member of 4-H, and I was definitely, I'd say, among like thirty kids. There were four girls. In 4-H. In 4-H, um, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I saw that in the FFA, the Future Farmers of America. Yeah. It was mainly boys versus like maybe 20% girls. Yeah. Maybe I'm getting it all mixed up, but I think it was 4-H. We had to mess with cows. <laughs> I can't recall. I didn't, uh, none of it retained for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> I had it in my head that I really wanted to to do that, but. It's an intensive field. It is. And we've heard heard from a lot of listeners who are farmers about their experiences being a woman and being a farmer and how no other women around them. It's just them. Right. And how difficult that can be. And and certainly, we would love to hear from from listeners in that field and in this veterinary field about their experiences in it. Because it is is difficult to get... um, more concrete numbers because I did really want to break it down by every species uh, who was in the field, and uh, that was hard to find. Um, but we did we did find some of it. Um, so, from gender differences in career and species interest of animals and veterinary science, first year seminar students from North American colleges and teachers of agriculture. That's the title. Uh, here's the quote. Of career interest, animal breeding, reproduction, and farming received the most interest. Most students were female, 68.2%. Males were more likely to be interested in the feedlot sector of beef production, while females were more likely to be interested in goats, horses, companion, and zoo animals. Males were also more interested in careers in agronomy and the feeds industry, while females were more interested in equine-related careers and working in zoos. So a lot of this information was behind paywalls are are hard to find. But it seems that yes, uh, at least speaking back to Lizzie's point, more men do deal with cold-blooded animals. A part of this is just anecdotal that I based on a YouGov survey that seemed kind of silly in nature, but it found that men prefer, quote, creepy crawly animals like lobsters, which I love, uh, sharks, alligators, uh, whereas women prefer ponies, cats, and miniature pigs. (laughs) Miniature pigs? I love miniature pigs. I think they're adorable, but... 
That was very specific. You weren't you weren't prepared for. I understand. I, I wasn't expecting it either. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I saw one miniature pig while I was out in the field, and I would go see. And she was a, a kid under my supervision, and I would go see her a little more than I needed to, so I could see the pig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, it's, uh, it, but isn't it? And this has nothing to do with anything. Most miniature pigs aren't miniature. <laughs> Oh. They think they, they're supposed to be, but then they end up being like 400 pounds. Oh, really? Yeah. So you think it's like a big, they don't exist? No, I think they do exist, but I don't think they know specifically. A lot of times they're being misrepresented oh. or uh, like when they're sold, they're not being told the cold truth. I see. Okay. That's what I've seen. Maybe I'm wrong or whatever. Okay. Um, I guess anecdotally for me, I would say I know more male friends with snakes, but I do have a fair amount of female friends who have them too. And when it comes to birds, I guess more men? I don't know. I don't know anyone with birds. And the weirdest pets that I know, and I say weird, they're not weird, but things that I would never have in my home would include spiders. And mm-hmm. uh, my really good friend, actually, Kristen, uh, of stuff I've never told you previously, as well as Unlady, like her sister is the one I'm talking about, Aunt Anna, who I know has a spider and loves that spider like a child, and I cannot stand <laughs> the pictures. <laughs> it freaks is it me like out. Is it like a tarantula? Yes, it's a giant ass spider, and I'm like, no, absolutely not. <laughs> My older brother had tarantulas. He also had a snake. Uh which my turtle ate and then died. For, my brother for had one hamsters. Of, huh? My brother had hamsters. Oh, yeah. I never had hamsters in, in our home, but my my little brother right now has chinchillas, and he is adorably over the moon about them. Oh. He, he was telling me about their diet, um, like the squeaking sound they make. Apparently, there's a special name for the squeaking sound they make that I've already forgotten, but he was excited to tell me. Um, he's got all these pictures of them. It's very cute. I will say some of the people that got me on dating sites when I was on them would be the ones that had like hedgehogs because I just think they're so cute. <laughs> See? Although it's illegal in Georgia to have as a pet, but I'm like, oh, oh my really? gosh, I believe so. That and is a lot a, of areas that a, illegal. a big scam about the the fake people pretend usually dudes pretend they have a puppy and they really don't, but they did yes. attract women that How way. How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> first of all, um, oh, and by the way, women also aren't as represented when it becomes to prominent speakers. And professors in terms of animal care and expertise, which is, again, not surprising. Although Jane, Jane Goodall was a pretty big proponent. Yeah. Women only made up 34% of distinguished speakers from zoos, museums, and aquariums. Which is, again, disproportionate to whom we see working yeah. in those fields. Yeah, and that's the thing. I feel like this field is in the middle of a massive shift, like we were talking about, where it was so dominated by men for so long and now it's dominated by women but you still have these like career men there and so it's just kind of like yeah in a in a transformational period and and I'm really desperately hoping that all these numbers about like pay cuts across the board that's ridiculous um <sighs> unfortunately not unprecedented right but yeah, it is It is odd that, it, at least for you and I, what we've seen personally is mostly women, but what's being represented as speakers, presenters, and leaders are men. Um, I guess that's not too odd, but 
It, it doesn't match off. up. Yeah, <laughs> it should be. Um, and so all this matters for a lot of reasons. And one is that pet ownership and thus pet care is a big business these days. Millennials have more pets than any generation. 71% of men and 62% of women reported having dogs, while 48% of men and 35% of women have cats. Women tend to have less pets in general, reporting being too busy and being away too much to responsibly care for them. But all of this amounts to a $63 billion industry. 76% of millennials reported being more willing to splurge on their pets than themselves, uh, compared to only 50% of baby boomers that were willing to do the same thing. Yeah, my dog has a better diet than I do. That's what my brother said about his chinchillas. True. I have so many things of treats. You, in you there. do. She has you specialized do. grainies. She has so many, like, she has a specialized grain free foods. Peaches is living up. She's got the, the t- toys, toys galore to choose from. I know. So many toys. It's mm-hmm. so ridiculous. It is. But, you know, you care for your pet. She has two beds, and then she sleeps on my bed. <laughs> and takes yeah. up most of that space. Yeah, my dog, uh, Dizzy, I, uh, I had her when I was nine. That's the year I got her. And I fought so hard. Like, I asked for a dog every year for five years, which is really funny to me now. Um, and I, oh, I loved her. But my parents were so strict. They were like, you're gonna, you're gonna take care of her and pay for the food. And she's not ever sitting on the couch. And I swear to God, she'll never be on the bed. And I, like, within the day one, my dad, not me, was like, oh, just let her up there. <laughs> just let her. She's so sweet. <laughs> Those are my favorite posts uh, when the dads who refuse to have pets and then they're the ones that's spoiling and coddling them oh. the most. He immediately folded like a lawn chair. He spoiled her the most. He was always like, well, we could just give her a little of this, right? And I'm like, no, you can't. You told me. <laughs> <laughs> Started being jealous. Why is that dog living my life? Yes, you love the dog more than me. Um, all this to say, this is a really important, we care about our pets. We care yeah. about our animals. This is important and it's tough work and it should be compensated and it should be respected. And women are doing it and have been doing it. And they should be compensated and respected. And recognized. Yes. Yes. Um, so again, if, if any listeners are in this field or any related field or any field and that you feel like you have some information on or you want to share uh, your experiences in... We would love to hear about them. You can email us at stuffmediamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram at Stuff Mom Never Told You. Thanks as always to our super producer, Andrew Howard. Pew, pew, pew. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff Mom Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. 
Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was good! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.